You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Monday, September the 26th, in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and for Law and Gospel, we like taking a look at lessons for the following Sunday, which is the 17th Sunday after Pentecost, from October the 2nd, 2022. You just heard, by the way, that began saying, when you wake up in the morning, can you think of something that maybe you're not looking forward to? And you can almost think of that right away. But then if you are asked, what are you celebrating that day? It takes you a little while to figure it out. Well, we're going to use that good concept in taking a look at one of the lessons for this coming Sunday. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, and chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Now, what the Bible does through inspiration of the Holy Spirit is to answer our concerns and things that do not comfort us and things that disappoint us, that make a bad day out of today. And that's what the prophet does in the very first words of his book as he speaks about the importance of understanding what lay people are going through. It says, the prophet has has this oracle. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear. Now, that's a typical response, even of some Christians, that they're crying for help, and it appears that the Lord is not hearing them. How do they know that? Because they're not getting the response that they want right away. Maybe you're feeling ill, So you ask God to strengthen you so you can go to work or be with the family, uh, fool around with the kids, this kind of thing, and you still feel sick. So you think that the Lord is not hearing you. Then the prophet goes on, or we cry to you violence and you will not save. Now, we know that there are wars going on in the world, and at times it appears that God is not saving the people in a war. And so, once more, laity get the opinion that God really is not listening to them because people continue to die from violence. Or verse 3, Why do you make me see iniquity? And why do you idly look at wrong? So, in the United States today, there's a lot of iniquity that people are seeing. As individuals, because of evolution, decide their own morality. And a lot of times, it's contrary to the word of God. And we see people 
really acting irresponsibly and unbiblically. And we see that, and it looks like that God is idly looking at the wrong. Now, for example, when people in Israel decided to make a golden calf, God didn't take any time at all to show his displeasure. Because what did he do? He allowed an earthquake to occur, and the land opened up and swallowed many of those people who were really impatient because Moses hadn't come down from Mount Sinai, and therefore they needed to worship something, and they put together a golden calf. See, in that case, God acted quickly. But today we'll see people marching for sinful reasons and following horrible ways of living that are contrary to the Scripture. And God seems not to do anything. And so this is why the prophet says, Why do you make me see iniquity, and why do you look idly at wrong. Then, destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. That's really helping ha- happening in these United States. For example, when I drove for Uber, I was told, don't go into certain areas of the city because there's a lot of destruction and violence going there. And sure enough, in areas of St. Louis, every day people are being murdered, sometimes by others who don't know them at all, but are just shooting. For for example, recently in St. Louis at a restaurant, There were four people eating, and instead of paying for the bill after their meal, they rushed out of the store. Now, one of the waiters saw that and ran after them and chided them for not paying for their meal. But they refused to listen to him, got in their cars to drive away, so he went back in the restaurant. It wasn't long afterwards that bullets came through the windows of the restaurant, presumably from these people who hadn't paid and were reprimanded by the waiter. And one of the bullets struck a woman in the leg. She did not die, but she was injured, had to be taken to the hospital. This is what is referred to here as, guess what? Destruction and violence are before me. So we get this attitude, which is in verse 4. So the law is paralyzed, and justice never goes forth. We're really seeing that in very liberal cities. Uh, For example, 
in Los Angeles, San Francisco, and other places in California. You can steal up to $999 worth of merchandise, say from a Walgreens, and it will only be a misdemeanor. You will not go to jail for that. And so Walgreens are closing down all over that area because the police, while they hardly can do anything, first of all, there are not that many police because these liberal leaders of these towns have minimized the money available to pay for the police. In Los Angeles, the head sheriff says that in some cities, you have many police, but in Los Angeles, he is short 900 police. So that kind of shows you why many people believe that the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. In fact, there are prosecutors who are so liberal that they will rarely take someone to court for what they think is not a big crime, even though it's a big crime to those upon which it was perpetrated. So in chapter 2, verse 1, Habakkuk says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he, God, will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. So there's no doubt that he has a bunch of complaints that God seems not to hear him, that he won't save those against violence, that he idly looks at wrong and justice is perverted. How is God going to answer the prophet? So this is how God answers all the laity who have these complaints. And the Lord answer me. This is verse 2 of chapter 2. Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets. So he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Now, what's God talking about here? He's saying that he does hear of our complaints, that he is not idly looking at wrong. The law and justice for him is not paralyzed. So that those who are unrepentant sinners 
will feel the full weight of God's justice in the time of God. Remember, Jesus' ministry lasted three years, and they wanted to put him to death, the unbelievers, but were unable to do so until the time was ready and Jesus went the way of the cross. He knew that. He even told his disciples, I'm going to Jerusalem, and I will be put to death, but three days later, I will rise from the dead. Well, they hardly believed that. In fact, there was one woman who anointed Jesus, in preparation, Jesus said, for his burial. Why did she do it so early while he was still doing preaching, walking around? Because she believed what he would say. He would die, and when you die on the cross, you normally aren't permitted to have people come and anoint you for burial. And she knew that three days later, he said he would rise from the dead. So she wouldn't have time. It's kind of sad that those women went to the tomb on Sunday morning, expecting to find a dead body. They had not believed what she believed that he would rise from the dead three days later. And of course, when, she, when they went to the disciples to tell them what they had seen, namely Jesus, guess what? They didn't believe him because they were women. So if it seems slow that God is acting properly and hearing you, Wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Verse 4. Behold, his soul is puffed up. Now, who is his? Well, it's talking about those who are crying for help and believe that God isn't hearing them, or he will not save them from violence or he sits idly instead of taking a look at the iniquity that they're seeing. Their soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him. Why is that? Because they don't trust God. And therefore, their soul is puffed up, thinking that when they call to God, he must answer immediately and he does not. They think they're that important. Their soul is puffed up. But how does verse 4 end? But the righteous shall live by his faith. People don't believe that in the Old Testament there is anything but law. But the Old Testament books Yes, there is law to show us that we don't deserve to be saved. 
But there is plenty of gospel to show us that God does save us. The righteous shall live by his faith. What does his faith refer to? His faith refers to the gift that the Holy Spirit has given the believer to trust in the promises of God. That's how we live. So even at the unexpected death of a loved one, maybe because we feel they were too young to die, maybe they died of an illness, maybe it was an accident of some sort, and yet, though we grieve, we do not grieve as those who have no hope because it is definitely the promises of God that restores our life and gives us hope because he has made the promise. So though we think that God is idle in not hearing us or saving us or looking at the wrong the way we want him to, Finally, there is coming a day, and it may take to the day of judgment when it would be clear that those who are unbelievers, that they and their sins are taken care of by God, and those who are believers go into an eternal paradise with Jesus at their side. This is very good lesson because what the prophet does is he puts himself in the place of those who will be reading his book, his prophetic book from the Holy Spirit, who don't think that God is helping them, who don't think that they are being listened to, and yet they are. But God responds in his own time. This was very clear to Adam and Eve. They heard the promise in the Garden of Eden that through the seed of Eve will come a Savior. But did they expect that that would occur? Well, when Eve gave birth to Cain, she thought, that was the fulfillment of the promise. Read chapter 4, verse 1. I have gotten a man, the Lord, is what the Hebrew says. She thinks that Cain is the Messiah when he's instead the first murderer who kills his brother Abel. So we have this teaching that the Messiah would take hundreds of years to appear on the scene. It still would be through the seed of Eve because all human beings come through the seed of Eve after the fall and after the flood. So that Mary also was part of the seed of Eve and through him, 
her came God, the Messiah. And when she wondered, how is this going to occur? I am not married. Well, the angel told her that the Holy Spirit would conceive within her Jesus, the Son of God. And she believed it, trusted it, and said, may the Lord do what he has promised he will do. And though she did not fully understand a lot of what happened during the life of Jesus, including the crucifixion, because she herself had gone down to the grave to see a dead body three days later. His own mother had not believed his word that he would rise from the dead. That's why she came to faith in hearing the word of God. And that word of God was very, very important. Remember how Jesus shared the word of God with those two disciples on the road to Emmaus. He did not give them evidence. He could have shown himself to be alive immediately, but he did not. Instead, he walked and talked with them and went through the Old Testament passages that spoke about the promises of the coming of the Messiah. And their hearts burned within them as they heard that good news. And then later at supper, he was recognized by them as being Jesus, God himself, risen from the dead. And so they came to faith because of the words of Scripture. Because once you, well, desert your Lord from the Garden of Gethsemane, where only John was at the crucifixion, no, none of the disciples would have imagined that Jesus would have come back, forgiven them, and restore them to their office. All of them, except Judas, who committed suicide and was not saved. As Jesus said, it would be better had he never been born, which only can be said about someone who is not going to heaven because of their unbelief. So, this section from Habakkuk is very good because he's responding to the complaints of the laity. And those complaints can come not only from unbelievers, but also from believers. And therefore, when that complaint comes through, God does respond. He's always hearing us, and hearing means more than just hearing the words we say. It's kind of like when you tell your child, I'm going to be gone for a while, 
don't go into the basement. And so you leave and come back 20 minutes later and find that he's gone into the basement. Why? Because children, by nature, are sinful, and they want to have their own independence. So they move into the basement, and you say to him, didn't you hear me? That doesn't mean, didn't you hear the words I say? It means, did you not obey me? That's what we often mean when we say to someone, you didn't hear me? So we're in a situation where the prophet says, this is what people are saying about God. But God responds and says, no, I am hearing you and I will take action, but it will be done in my own time. Just as Eve learned that Cain was not the Messiah. And she looked forward to that day when the Messiah would be conceived and born as a human being for one purpose, to die on the cross as a sinner declared by his father to be a sinner for the sake of paying for your sins. So God is hearing you every time you pray. And he is responding, but he does it in his own time and his own way. As the Bible verse says, Romans 8, nothing but good happens to those who love God. So whatever problem you're in, whatever suffering you're enduring, God is listening and responding to it. I'm Tom Baker. Thanks for listening to this Law and Gospel. On tomorrow's Law and Gospel with Mark Smith, we'll take a look at the hymn, I Know My Faith is Founded. Founded on what? That's what we're going to be talking about. Join with us. I'm Tom Baker. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.